0: Blunt commentary delivered with a special purpose.
1: What's happening to my special purpose?
0: It's the Killer Bees, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 975.
1: Is Justin Verlander washed? 713-780-ESPN. He's blank on Branham. 713-780-3776. Uh, someone hopped in my Twitter comments yesterday. Yeah. Uh, we were talking we were talking about the healthy rotation. The injured rotation, which of the four is better? And uh, a gentleman uh, said that Verlander is washed. So I asked him, "Well, you know, what what level of washed? What's his ERA this season? He said he pitched his lowest amount of games in, what, six or seven years outside of uh, injury 21. He's set to start this year injured already. I'm going 375 for easily. Uh, let's answer the washed one first. Is Justin Verlander washed?
2: I don't think so. I mean, look, it's how you define washed, but Justin Verlander, even if he's not at his absolute best, is better than, dare I say, most. I mean, if it's not most, a pretty good cross-section of the rest of the league, he still would be an upper-tier pitcher in baseball. I don't think he's washed, and I don't think he's less than what the top 25% of starting pitchers in baseball still.
1: Yeah, Washington is too strong for me. Like mm-hmm. I think it's fair to say that Verlander is going to take a step back. Like I would say that a guy who was 40 years old and is going to be 41 isn't going to pitch as good as he did the previous year. And Verlander took a step back from 23 and 22 as well. Like 22, he won the Cy Young, sub two ERA. I mean, unbelievable year for a guy who was 39. Uh, a 3.22 ERA when you're 40 is really good. So like. So, like, what level of step back are we talking about here? So, I'm not going to say Verlander is washed. Ver- saying a guy's washed is, like, I think Zach Greinke. Like, mm-hmm. I think of a guy mm-hmm. who literally probably shouldn't be in the big leagues anymore. I don't think Greinke has a team right now. Like, washed to me means that you're not capable of pitching in the bigs anymore. Uh, it doesn't mean that you're not as good as what you once were. Because that's natural when you're 41 years old. So, I'm not going to throw out the word washed at all when we're talking about Justin Verlander. Even last year when he came to the Astros, he got a 3.31. 331- ERA, it was three fifteen with the Mets. Like he pitched pretty good uh, for the Astros. You get a three thirty one ERA, that's that's pretty good. Uh, so we're both on in agreement. He, he's not washed at all. What kind of year do you think he's going to have in terms of that ERA? I'm not going to go three seventy
2: five. Uh, we know last year when he finally did get going and he got a late start at it with the Mets. He had a couple of blowups. One was in Colorado, so you can kind of scratch that one off. But we've seen it in his go in his years here, where there's been some games. A, a Mariner game comes to mind where he gave up three or four bombs in an eight spot in a game that he can blow up a little bit. But I, I just don't think it's going to get as high as 375. I mean, he pitches. He pitches. He thinks through pitches. He like like you said, he he has command regardless of if he still has his A plus stuff that he used to have. I'll say if he hovers around 325, 3, 330 ERA, that I'd be just fine with it.
1: Yeah, see, I think it's fair to say a step back. And if he had a three twenty two ERA last year, like I would take a three fifty ERA. Like if he had a three fifty ERA this year, I would take that right now today, and I would be okay with that. I
2: think that you have an offense that hopefully just by the bottom of the lineup alone should be better than it was last year because you didn't have Brantley for the majority of the year. And Abreu was awful for the majority of the year. And you had Maldonado. So I could live with that as well. And I think that if we're saying that he used to be a top five pitcher in baseball and he he was top 10 in the last couple of years, that now he's top 25 or top 25 percentile, I'm still living with that because of the team around him and the fact that they're still going to give him support, both defensively and offensively to where he's going to be successful for this team.
1: Three six six seven may not be an ace, but he's still at least a three on any team out there. I would I would completely agree with that. And for what the Astros are paying him um that's fine yeah that, that for number threes like that's the going rate for number threes uh in the market now you do kind of pencil them into your top two mm-hmm. when you talk about this rotation he and fromber a uh, pessimistic chad calling verlander washed his uh bad take boulevard take uh verlander will be solid but how solid 713 3281 verlander isn't washed but he's more open to being injury prone estimated era of 315 See 315 is high uh, by by high I mean good it's mm-hmm. low ERA standards right. I would take 315 in a heartbeat oh, God, I would take yes. three fifteen in a heartbeat quite honestly
2: look 315 to me and you're winning regardless that's that's a great situation I'm all in on that and that's fantastic because of the fact that like I said there's a better support system around offensively and defensively to where I, I I'm all all good all in on that
1: the uh what, what really might come into play on this too is his health. Like that—that's the other thing. Like if he has a 3.50 ERA and makes 32 starts, that, that, I'll take that. If he has a 3.50 ERA but makes 15 starts, that's a little bit more difficult. Sure,
2: that—that's where you start factoring in like the availability. Because Lance is on a, an unbelievably friendly deal for a guy that has the potential also to be a top three starter in a rotation. But Lance, it, the bigger question is just reliability, and and you can't rely on him health wise. Verlander, yeah, he had Tommy John surgery, but once he came back from it, he was very, very strong. Now he's had some some little bumps here or there, but we all know he knows himself better than anybody. He knows where he's at and what he's going to do. And, and I still think you could, you're going to count on him for 25 plus starts, easy this year.
1: I would take that too. I would take I would take 25 starts, 3.50 ERA. Right now, this second. Well, Sign Jeremy, me up for that.
2: You know what you're fighting, too, right? You're fighting Justin Verlander because he's chasing history. He's chasing numbers. So you would love a six-man rotation. You would love to limit how many starts he gets so that he's absolutely as good as he can be for the postseason. But he's going to love getting as many wins as he can to try and narrow that gap to 300 and, and do the, the strikeouts and the things he needs to do.
1: Yeah, I, that's... Um... You know, it just, washed to me is too strong of a word when you're talking about Verlander. Now, you mean step back? Absolutely. Uh, Tony 22, I'll take anything under four as a reality. Could you live with a 375?
2: Yeah, I I still could live with that.
1: Now, it might come into the innings pitch. Like, if 375, he's 90 innings versus 375, 160 innings. Like, the innings matter here. They absolutely do. But, again, you're fighting
2: Justin – which is a difficult situation sometimes, but I think that they are, they've already, they already know what they signed up for. That as much as Justin wants to win, as much as Justin wants to help the team, Justin got his money. Justin's chasing a couple of record yeah. uh, history that he wants to get to, and that's why he pushes back on how long you use the six-man rotation and other things.
1: Double rods on Twitch. At JV's age, you really have no idea if he'll be good. He missed a good amount to start last season. Uh, king of Twitch uh, says he ain't getting to 300 wins. I... I don't want Verlander to be making the decisions. Like, I, I, you know me, I'm not a fan of individual accolades. Like, it's cool if you get it, but individual accolades never take priority over team accolades. And if you feel like your best interest as, as a team, and I, I think that the Astros will do hybrid five-man, six-man, mm-hmm. depending on what the schedule looks like. But whenever you have a stretch of 22 games in 23 days or you play 20 games in a row, uh, when it's advantageous to go to the six-man rotation – like you got to have that tough conversation with Verlander be like, hey, man, I know that you're going to be a Hall of Famer. I know that you're chasing 300 wins, 4,000 strikeouts, but we're looking out for the Houston Astros. And I care, personally, far more about the Houston Astros than I do Justin Verlander. So I, I really hope we don't hear any pushback from Verlander this year. I,
2: I hope you're right because he is the guy, and we've talked about this, this kind of the prima donna attitude that comes with being – like uh, the diva, the ace of a staff, like a the, the, like your number one, like the wide receiver ones, and and other guys in different sports. You you know we, we that this is one of those things where Verlander is going to have a huge issue if there's pushback because everybody just that's ju- that's JV. Just yep. leave JV alone, leave him do what he does and and be who he is. Well, not at the detriment of the fact that this team has higher aspirations for this season as a unit, and he's a big part of it, and they don't want him to get burnt out.
1: Yeah, I, I do think that Verlander does have those that, those diva tendencies. No like, question. He, he's our diva. We love him. He's our diva. We literally love him. Uh, but he but he has those diva tendencies, <laughs> and he's earned it. Like, he's earned it, but it can't be – and I'm fine with that. Like, the Astros let Roger Clemens not go on road trips and only go on road trips when he was pitching. Like, he probably didn't even have to be around the team whenever he wasn't starting. I'm fine with giving great players, especially pitchers, preferential treatment. I have no problem with that. But it can't interfere in what is best for the team. Yeah, I'd love to say you're you're absolutely right. It's not going to happen because
2: it's a possibility it could happen because – Every situation is different. Every organization is different, and it's really rare to see that a team's going to put its foot down and say, "Hey, I know what you want to do, Diva Cy Young Award-winning legendary pitcher, but we're not going to go along with it." And then see how that goes.
1: Yeah, the uh, Trey with a really good point on the Twitch that if Dubon starts in center field when JV pitches, uh, you will have a fit. Like that—that that is a good ultimate determining factor. If—if—if. If, if, that's Verlander his, gets yeah. his personal center fielder, which I think that that was a Dusty thing. I don't think that that was a Verlander thing, personally.
0: When,
1: there were times I thought it was JV saying, saying it. I don't remember a quote with Verlander saying no, it. No, no, could no, be I'm wrong, saying me
2: personally, I kind of felt sometimes like JV either, you know, and pitchers, everybody's superstitious in baseball, but regardless, I thought that there was more than just Dusty doing it at a certain point in the year. Because it happened too frequently and it seemed to be more than just like a, a fluky well, thing.
1: I mean, Dusty told you why he did it. Now, did did that you believe was, it? Was that, yeah, I do. Actually, uh, I do. Because he, he said that you needed that arm in the outfield and Verlander's a fly ball pitcher. So he's thinking about throwing guys out who were tagging up second to third, third to home. Where, you know, you would think maybe fly ball pitchers, maybe you play your range guy, but Myers doesn't have an arm. So, I, I do believe, like, I don't agree with the rationale, but I do believe what Dusty was saying. I believe that Dusty believed it.
2: I believe Dusty believed a lot of things that a lot of people didn't. I
1: think, I think Verlander cared, cared way more about his catcher. Oh, there's no doubt.
0: There's and I no think,
1: doubt. and I'm pretty sure that Dubon did not play center field in the playoffs.
0: I could be wrong. Like two years I don't ago, recall. I'm not talking yeah. last year. I'm
1: talking two years ago. Yeah, I don't recall, I don't recall on recall that. Either. But
2: you're right about look. That's the biggest reason why we talked about in the offseason that if you don't want Maldi back, from the simple fact that if he's on the roster, that's the one guy first and foremost that's going to go say that's all cute and dandy that you want to play Yiner more. But when I'm pitching, Maldi's catching, and that's one of those diva moves that a lot I think that teams would re- relent to.
1: Yeah, that, that was the, that was Joe's great point. Was it was. That, yeah, way he to can't go, be Joe. On this team because if he's on this team. And then Verlander is going to want him to catch. Uh, 713 uh, 0315. Verlander will need more run support than ever in his career. Okay, that's fair, but that doesn't really change the ERA. Klops thinks uh, JV needs at least three more seasons to reach 300 wins. Anyway, 30% chance. Verlander's at 257, so he needs 43 wins. I think he needs three years. I don't know, man. He might need more than that. He won 13 games last year.
2: Yeah, but he didn't play the whole year here.
1: Right, right. Didn't he, he, didn't he, he He won six games and 16 starts with the Mets. He won seven games and 11 starts with the Astros. And yeah. He made 27 starts in general because he was hurt at the start of the year. But is he going to be a beacon of health at age 41? He's, 30, he's 37 short? He's, uh no, 43 short. Oh,
2: 43 short. Yeah, maybe four years.
1: I think it's going to take four. It might. Yeah, I think it's going to take four. Uh, if not, he's going to have to stay really, really Well, this healthy. year's
2: going to dictate a lot of that. Because I think yeah. that with this team, if he and this shoulder deal, if he is ready at the start of the year, I think he's, he's, in, the, he's in the ballpark to get 15-plus. But I don't know going forward how many more years he's going to have like that.
1: I think it's three to four years. Like three is yeah, going to take sure. really, really, it's going to take a lot of health, and he's going to have to stay pretty sharp. He's going to have to be 350 ERA probably for the next three years. And you have to go into game. You have to go deep into games.
2: But this might be the best total team that he plays on in the next four, three to four years, to where he could actually stockpile a couple extra ones.
1: Huh? You think the Astros are better this year than next year? I
2: think. Well, I mean, But depend- if Bregman's yeah. walking out the door, and you know, and depending on how they react to guys coming up, and and how they replace guys walking out. Yeah, I think this might be the best team that Justin Verlander plays on in the next four years.
1: Yeah, it's probably health, though. Like, if Jordan plays 120 games this year, but 150 games next year, like, it might depend on what year Jordan Alvarez's MVP year is, because that's coming. Mm -hmm. Like, Jordan Alvarez is going to win an MVP in in the next three to four years. You're not going to get me to to tell you you're wrong on
2: that one. I see it, too.
1: Yeah, it's probably health. Like, can the offense stay healthy this year? If the offense is healthy this year, I tend to agree. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. I think that the Astros pitching staff is a good litmus test if anybody's a glass half full or glass half empty type of person. Why? I'll tell you why. Next, Killer Bees on ESPN. 90-
2: Hey, before we go to the break, tell you about the good people at Allstate, Siding and Windows. They're the best in the business. They're absolutely fantastic, and they're right here in your backyard. That means if you're trying to protect your biggest investment, for most of us, that's your house, and you want to do the right things to make sure it lasts longer, is more energy efficient, looks better, and all those kinds of things, That's why you do the upgrades that are available at Allstate Siding and Windows. Because of the fact that they do the best thing for your house, siding makes it look better. It eliminates all the maintenance that you have to do with painting and all these other things, and it gives you a clean look on the outside. I just did my Windows, and I did them with Allstate for the simple fact that they are the best in the business. They are family-owned and operated. They've been here a long time, like almost 50 years, and the fact that they know what they're doing. I had Mike to the house. He painted the picture, did everything for me, told me how they could help, and told me I could save up to 40% on my energy bills. I was like, oh, my God, I'm so glad I'm doing this. And then when I saw how the outside of the house looked, I was even happier because it gives the entire house a facelift and looks fantastic. But he said, look, aside from the looks, from hurricane season and the strength, durability, and clarity that, that, that it brings to the fact that every time it gets too hot or too cold, the right energy is kept inside, the wrong energy kept outside, and overall, it's a game changer. That's why I did it. You should, too. And check it out because the greatest thing is they will come to your house and tell you how they can help and what they can do, and it doesn't cost you anything. All you got to do is reach out, 832-204-1936. Call them, and they will come to you and tell you what they can do. 832-204-1936 or connect with them online, allstatewindowsandsiding.com because they are here to help.
0: Most bees make honey. These killer bees make great sports insights, but they also make honey. Don't ask about the process. From the Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's Joel and Jeremy.
1: He's a uh, blank on Branham. Triple uh, zero two. We'll get to the uh, the pitching staff litmus test. If you're a glass half full, glass half empty guy, triple uh, zero two. Papa was a big fan of machete, even when he became a butter knife. Uh, dad joke. Grade the joke. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven. A shocker Grade that I would like chin. that one. I'm gonna give it a seven. Yeah, it's not bad. I'll give it a. Uh, I'll get a good solid five.
2: Well, good solid will. five. You're always
1: hard on those. Uh, I felt like that was optically friendly. I feel like a five was friendly there. Uh, 6091, guaranteed you'll be comparing Verlaner to Javier this year. Okay. What does that mean? I is hope Javier a,
2: plays his tail off then.
1: Is it a good thing or is it a bad thing? Yeah, I don't know. That's It kind of leads perfectly into this segment. Uh, I feel like this year's Astro pitching staff, especially the rotation, is a good litmus test if you're a glass half full, glass half empty person. Because you can go the negative route with this pitching staff. Go up the top. Uh, Framer Valdez pitches like he did in the second half last year. Okay. That's fine. That's a fair Fair, fair take uh Justin Verlander is washed at the age of 41 and he you know has a 4 ERA Christian Javier can't develop a third pitch and he pitches like he did all of last season Lance McCullers can't come back Luis Garcia Tommy John or whatever uh, he did have Tommy John he doesn't come back all that well or he's not as fine as he used to be Hunter Brown can't figure out his stuff he still has lack of command Jose Archetti and JP France lack stuff so there's the you're glass half empty type of guy, Mm -hmm. or you can be glass half full. From Valdez, top five Cy Young guy, which is a fair take. Justin Verlander doesn't find the father of uh, doesn't find father time all that well, and still pitches pretty good. Like you know, maybe not what he did last year, but still solid. Christian Javier is who he was in the first half of last year. Hunter Brown is who he was in the first half of last year. Finally, Lance McCullers comes back, which seems like that would be a miracle. Luis Garcia comes back healthy and pitches like he does. J.P. France gives you quality innings. Jose Arquini gives you quality innings like he did in the postseason. So like all of these. T- are fair, but I think it's a litmus test if you're glass half full or glass half empty.
2: Oh, for sure. Because I think that you don't need if you're glass half full, you don't need all of those guys to be back and healthy and excel because you have enough options to have enough guys to do what you need to do to fill out the rotation and maybe even still give you an extra arm or two. But glass glass half empty, it's easy to say Look, Garcia has a setback. We just saw two setbacks before the spring training even started, and you're looking at guys that are coming off major surgeries, some again, where you're like, And then we talked about the fact that we're expecting Urquidy to be healthy, but Urquidy has had major surgeries in his past and also hasn't been able to stay healthy the last couple of years the way you'd like and be as effective. So, yeah, it's an easy way to look at it, and it depends on what side of the fence you're on. I'm going to border on the fact of being glass half full because There's so many options to choose from. Other teams in this league would love to have the multiple options that present themselves with guys coming back from injury, guys needing to bounce back, and just the overall talent of one through seven, uh, pitching-wise, that gives you so many different opportunities. So I I, I look at it as half uh, glass half full. I think McCullers is the guy that I believe in the least, simply because we've been there and done that before. But I believe Hunter Brown's going to figure some things out. I've heard and seen and seen uh, stories on how he's developing a slower off-speed pitch to go with his two best pitches, and maybe that helps him to even get better. But I, I just I believe that there's too much talent on this pitching staff to not believe that that they will have enough guys to get the job done.
1: See, that's the thing. Like even if Lance McCullers doesn't have that that you know ability to get back or be good whenever he gets back. You still have seven seven other options. Mm-hmm. Like you don't need all of these guys to hit, especially if you start to like forecast a playoff ride. Like in that, and, you know, you shouldn't take that for granted. You shouldn't just act like the Astros are guaranteed a playoff spot. We kind of have taken that for granted because it has been that way. Mm-hmm. But if you start, you know, fast forwarding to the postseason, you only need four of those guys. Like there's been years the Astros have had less than four yeah. good starters. So you have eight guys. And you're looking for half of them to have good years. Now, Urquidy, France, I think are limited from like a stuff point of view. Uh, you want those guys to kind of be your inning eaters. They're not really ever going to be top half of the rotation guys. So maybe you're looking for three guys out of six. Uh, the Lance McCullers thing, like it's fair to you know give him the the least amount of optimism because you know look look at the last few years of Lance McCullers. I'm just keeping my fingers crossed that like, they finally figured out the reason why. They finally figured out like the genesis of what have been causing them all these troubles in these last couple of years and hopefully they figured it out. So like fingers crossed on that. I think it's fair to, you know, be cynical of that absolutely. Hunter Brown, I think Dre brings up a good point on the Twitch. Dre Dre says that he he tries to strike – Hunter Brown tries to strike everyone out, and he's willing to walk a batter to do it. King of Twitch says he's a rookie, might be more of a setup guy than a starter. I don't like the sounds of that. I agree with Dre that he does hunt the strikeout too much. Yep. I I would like him to pitch to contact more because I think he's a guy with his stuff that if he were living in the strike zone a little bit more, that he's going to get a lot of soft contact outs, which I think takes him deeper into games. And it doesn't put him in trouble whenever he's walking. I guys. said
2: this previously, he's, we, and you and I both discussed how great his stuff can be, that he's got to pitch more and, and stop, stop trying to overpower throw less. Because Dre's right. You're absolutely right. He, he, he tries to just absolutely blow it by everybody. And when he has effectively used his change and other off-speed pitches, and he pitches more and keeps it between his ears too, we know he's got the stuff to be extremely successful. I think the other positive for the entire pitching staff is the fact that you don't have to be expected to go as deep as maybe they've had to go in the past, because we know that Javier is a guy that has a tough, tough time with his pitch count. But overall, you know that you know until you got it to eight and nine that. It was it was a, it might be a challenge bridging the gap, but when you add Hater and you've got seven, eight, nine covered, now you don't have to do it for as long. Just do it a little better for while you're out there.
1: Yeah, it is. Uh, you know, are you glass half full, are you glass half empty? I think you can go either way with this Astros team. I think it's a good litmus test if you're a positive or a negative person. Uh, Bear brother says a uh, glass half full because uh, no bad word. WBC. Okay, Verlander didn't pitch in the WBC. Nope. Fromber didn't pitch in the WBC. Now, Javier he did. wanted to. Luis Garcia did. Which one? Fromber? Fromber wanted to. They yeah. asked him not to. I remember they told him that, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember him pushing back a whole lot about it.
2: But the bigger question is, did he ramp up to, to like preparing like he was going to until they had the discussion?
1: Right, yeah, I wonder about that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, because that wouldn't be – but he pitched great in the first he half. He
2: did. first half, he was and good. He,
1: like, I think it was more all-star game because he's mental. Like, for like that sounds outrageous that a guy would be so distraught about not starting the all-star game that he wouldn't pitch well in the second half of the season. But would you put that past Framber Valdes? No, it's Framber like- <laughs> it's, it's not your average everyday pitcher. We've seen the emotional roller coaster he goes on. It's why we had the theme song yeah. we did for him. <laughs> Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. Are you glass half full? Or are you glass half empty when it comes to the Astro pitching rotation? Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. Also, who is taking a fall next year in the NFL? It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 seven five and ESPN 92.5. two five.
0: ESPN. Welcome back to the Killer Bees Nuts. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Here's Joel Blank and that Jeremy Branham guy.
1: Uh, He's Blank, I'm Branham. We are the Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. A couple of things with the Ocho's keeps clamoring for offensive help. It's February 16th. I don't think you're getting any more offensive help. Ocho says Chaz McCormick's not a quality bat. Uh, what are the odds the next closer comes back before Lance McCullers? I don't know what that means. The next closer? Yeah, I don't know. JP France puts up to uh, Glass. I don't know. You texters have lost your mind on a late Friday. Hmm. Yeah. Y'all must have, uh, whatever. Not Someone much... else didn't like the joke. Oh, was a yeah, good these time. guys are, these guys. These people have lost it on the. Yeah,
2: Twitchers are happy night. to see that the text messages have come down a notch.
1: Eight two four zero said that the uh, that dad joke from earlier was bad word horrible. So
2: no, it wasn't. Listen to our show pretty consistently, and the, the, there's going to be more of those that pop up than
1: not. Uh, we might have dodged a bullet when it comes to CJ Stroud. Uh, Amber Rose on social media says we literally don't know each other and only met yesterday at a softball game. The sprinter left me, and he was nice enough to give me a ride to my hotel. I called it. Thanks again, at CJ Stroud.
2: I called it on my glass half
1: full. I was hoping that he 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 lives here, he's got a ride. She needed a lift. Thank
2: goodness. That's one to dodge.
1: You know one thing that I did notice from that video that like I noticed it but I didn't really I was like whatever. I I didn't really put it a whole lot of weight, but now I'm putting more weight on it because of this latest information. He he kept his distance. Like, he stayed pretty far away. In fact, at one point, he walked around a media member putting a literal another human being in between he and Amber Rose. I think he, he was giving off a lot of I am not with her vibes walking from the you know, Minute Maid part to his vehicle.
2: Uh, look, I hope we're, we're all right. I, and I hope that this is not going to be a trend because I also was obviously with the Kardashian in suite at the Super Bowl, the dude that passed out or was sleeping or both, that CJ was closest to, I'm like, good. Let's. I hope he's still talking to that guy while he's passed out as opposed to running the risk of putting a curse on him that we don't need.
1: I mean, go back and watch the video. Like, I'm, I'm watching it right now. Um, he walks out. He lets Amber go before him, kind of points in the direction of his vehicle, he walks a couple of feet in front of her. Goes around a police officer, putting about 15 feet of separation between he and the lady. He doesn't open the door for Amber. He's way out in front of Amber. I mean, he's giving off major "we're not together" vibes. Yeah,
2: and then they he puts the stuff in the trunk and they go. So I I look. I hope that this is much ado about nothing, and thankfully she clarified enough for me to go. I can exhale now.
1: What, one thing that I am concerned about, though, he didn't open the door for, for a woman.
2: I'm with you on that.
1: He should have opened the door for the woman. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just Southern hospitality. I guess they didn't teach him any manners in California and in Columbus, Ohio.
2: Well, I mean, that's why, you know, that he had a bad take about the women of Houston, the food of Houston. And maybe that's better because in L.A., that's acceptable.
1: He needs, to, uh, he needs to start opening doors, even for Amber Rose. All right, 713-780-ESPN, HRMP listener line, 713-780-3776. A mean text coming up in about 10 minutes. So if you've, already, if you've not already contributed to mean text for the week, you still got 10 minutes to get those mean texts in, 713-780-3776. Uh, yesterday we talked about five teams that are poised to make a major leap in 2024 talking NFL here one of those teams were the Houston Texans who went to the divisional round what is a major leap we talked about it yesterday how about the five teams that could take a major step back in 2024 how about the Cleveland Browns 11 and 6 a year ago obviously were ousted by the Texans in the wild card round do you think they could take a major fall in 2024?
2: I do. I do because they caught lightning in a bottle with a guy that was supposed to be past his prime and well on his way to doing something else, and now people's expectations are we're supposed to be better with Deshaun, and truly we haven't seen Deshaun be great since he came back, and, and he continues to fight now injuries, father time, and his time away from the game to where I think that it is legitimate. Uh, that the Browns could take a, a step back and maybe a major one. Their division is pretty darn good, and Burrow's going to be back, and the Bengals are going to be back. So you, it's, it's going to be real interesting to see, but I think that that's one of the teams that probably would have been high on my list as well.
1: Yeah, we we differ on this one. Uh, I, I think uh, a little bit more uh, of the Browns than uh, than you do. Uh, I think that – and they have some cap situation. They're over the cap. I think they have to clear like $20 million, which that could impact who they are uh, as a football team. But I I love their defense. Their defense carried them this year. I know that Flacco is kind of lightning in a bottle, but Flacco also got them in trouble at times. Mm -hmm. He literally didn't have a game where he didn't throw an interception. Um, Deshaun was also playing better just before the injury. Like he had that big comeback after his slow start. And the Browns won with him as a starter. Like, you know, talk about what you want, Deshaun not being very good. Deshaun was 5-1 and one as a starter, and I thought played his best couple of games right before the injury. Um, and they're getting Nick Chubb back. Amari Cooper's not going anywhere. David Njoku's not going anywhere. I still think that the Browns have a lot of talent. It's hard for me to predict a major drop-off for them. Uh, next one they have the Saints. Saints were 9-8 and eight a year ago.
2: I could see that. I don't think Carr is anywhere near what they thought he was going to be. And I think in another year of Al- Alvin Kamara, l- older, longer in the tooth, uh, a guy that they expected so much of. They're moving on, I believe, from Michael Thomas. But if they're not, they should because he hasn't been anything but, you know, a, a, money-, a money grab. Um, they're getting older. I-, I don't see them getting better. Uh, and the best thing they got going for them is the division ain't all that great but I could easily say this, see the Saints continue to tumble.
1: Yeah, I'm not a big Dennis Allen guy. Uh, I think he's super mediocre as a head coach. Uh, I do like I'm, I want Kubiak to have success. He's the new offensive coordinator there, uh, but I just don't really see it. Like I, I think David Carr's brother, Derek, is, is super mediocre. Kamara's getting older. I'm a big fan of Chris Olave, but I just don't love the other weapons around him or the quarterback that's throwing him the ball. And then I think they're going to take a step back defensively too. So we're in agreement. Uh, on the Saints who went 9-8 and eight a year ago. Sorry, Big C. Uh, Denver Broncos at 8-9. and nine. Do you think they'd make a major step back?
2: Well, I think they were such a roller coaster a year ago, and I, I assume that Russell Wilson's going to be out of the picture. That means you're probably starting a rookie quarterback, which means you're probably going to take your lumps. Uh, short of C.J. Stroud, it just doesn't happen in the NFL. And so, yeah, I think that they will lo- they will lose more games then they win, and they will lose more games than they did a year ago. So, yeah, I definitely think they, they're they're going to take a step back.
1: I can't believe they won eight games a year I ago. can't either. Like, that's – like, it, it's it blows my mind that they won eight games. And, I mean, Russ, Russ had a solid year. Like, I think now he didn't live up to the contract, and that's why, you know, Denver is going to move on because they can't continue to pay on that kind of money. He had a solid year, though, over 1,000 yards, 26 touchdowns, to eight interceptions. I think he's going to find a pretty good landing spot not in Denver. So I do think they are taking a step back at quarterback. While I don't, while I also condone their move. Like they should move on from Russell Wilson. Um, it just blows my mind they won eight games because that should have been a six-win team. And we're talking about them again at six wins. They overachieved last year, and because of where their roster is going to be and the quarterback that you you mentioned, I tend to agree. Like I don't, I don't see them winning eight games. I think they're more of a yep. six-win team next year, maybe yeah. five or six. Agree. Uh, the next one is Minnesota Vikings, seven and ten a year ago. And them as a major fall in twenty four.
2: Well, the big thing is going to be who's going to play quarterback because they've been rumored to be looking at trying to get one of the young quarterbacks in the draft. At the same time, they've got a big decision to make on Kirk Cousins and the fact that he's coming off injury but he's your best chance to continue to try and stay relevant and win and if you move on from him or he moves on from you you're going to have a very disgruntled Justin Jefferson and you're going to be your hands are going to be full you you have the potential of losing your best pass rusher um, the Vikings already took a step back from last year to from the year before to last year i could see them taking a complete press the reset button type uh, approach to this upcoming season the only problem is, is Justin Jefferson is not going to want that, like that, or be a part of that. So that's going to be a big challenge for you. Does that speed the rebuild up because you got to trade him and you got to get a whole bunch of picks, or do you say I can't do the re- the reset because whether Cousins is back or not, I've got to appease Justin Jefferson? It'd be an interesting scenario, but the the division is still good. The Bears are getting better. What, regardless of what you think of the Packers, the Lions are there. I, I could see the Vikings continue to tumble.
1: See, I'm on the opposite end of this. I'm expecting a bounce back for for Minnesota. I I don't think they want any idea or, like, they don't even want to entertain the thought of trading Justin Jefferson. I think they're going to try to build around Justin Jefferson, and I think that they'll listen a bit to Justin Jefferson. He's talked about how he wants Cousins back. Uh, To me, it makes too much sense for him to to come back. Like, he seems to me – Uh, like uh, O'Connell really likes him uh, because, you know, the relationship that they had watching that quarterback uh, show on Netflix, they really liked each other. Uh, The city likes him. I think they're going to pay him. It seems like he likes the city. And if Cousins is back, I don't see Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson having a 10 loss season. Uh, That connection was too good. Even if you think Cousins is mid, I I think they're going to be contending for a playoff spot. Now that's me Working uh-huh. on the you know thought that Kirk Cousins is going to sign back with them in free agency because if Kirk is there, I, I don't I don't see them being an under five hundred team. I like, I like the Addison add too. Minimum, yeah, Addison's really good. Yeah, and, and so Hawkinson's going to be out a majority of the year because of the knee injury. Right, right. But you bring back Cousins with Jefferson and Addison, and like that defense was pretty solid last year. But you like, could you could a, you could lose contender. your best defender. So yeah,
2: and Smith's getting older on the backside too. So it, there's just there they got decisions they got to make too.
1: Yeah, I mean it's kind of a make or break offseason, and even and even if you sign Cousins, it almost feels like that's a bridge, and you're punting on the decision. Oh
2: yeah, for sure,
1: because he's not he's a stopgap. Now I think a pretty good one. Uh, I think he's overpaid, but I think he's underrated. Uh, Scary I just, thing
2: though Jeremy excuse me is the fact that there's teams that know instead of just a bridge in Minnesota that they could actually make a difference if they got him and he's probably going to even though he's coming off injury he's probably going to get more money than most people anticipate
1: I I completely agree with you I think he's going to get a good amount of money Uh, the final team that they mentioned the Giants at 6 and 11 you see the Giants taking a major fall
2: I don't I, I don't because I think they've already fallen enough and whether they bring Saquon or, back or not and whatever they do with Daniel Jones I think they've already in their in their building they've started a rebuild. I think they're already looking at how they continue to get better. I think that Daniel Jones is enough to keep them mediocre and maybe a little better, but I think that I, I think they they've to me I I think they've already fallen enough. I don't think they're going to take another major step back. Though it might be in their best interest because they need a quarterback, and they, this is it for Daniel Jones, one way or another, they're going to move on from him. They need the highest draft pick they can get, so maybe it's it's in their plans that the best way to completely reset would be to absolutely tank it out and and get you know, shoot for the number one pick in the draft. I like their coach. I like I like Dable. I like the fact that what he did the first year, but. I just I don't see them being bad enough in New York, especially knowing Rodgers is coming back with the jets that they're going to willing to completely tank.
1: Like how you got in a Rodgers reference there. Well, because know. <laughs> you know they're fighting within their own
2: city, it's like, you know, Lakers Clippers and when you got two teams in the same city, the Yankees Mets is always talking about trying to compete with the Yankees. I think it's going to be trying to stay relevant because the Jets are going to be what everybody's talking about in New York. He lives
1: in your, your head rent free. and I there. hate right. it. <laughs> the, uh, I, I'm i with you. Like, how do you have a six-win team on, on a team that's going to take a major fall that was without their starting quarterback for most of the year? Like, even if you don't like Daniel Jones, he's better than Danny DeVito. Yep. Like, <laughs> so they had a major downgrade at quarterback last year. I agree with you. I think Dable is a pretty good coach. They have a top-ten pick. Like, I don't think that they're going to be knocking on the door of the playoffs, but – I I think they're going to win six, seven games, Mm -hmm. and they won six games last year. So I I find it kind of funny that the Giants were even on this list. I agree with you on that one. Uh, 713-780-ESPN. Who do you think is going to have a major downfall in 2024 in the NFL? Also, on the other side, it's our Car Wreck of the Day. And every Friday, our Car Wreck of the Day are all the mean, nasty things you say to us. Mean text with the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN (laughs) 92.5. you he's right? broken the bones coming see. through ah! I'll give you money, you Where's my money?
0: this is the car wreck of the day brought to you by carwrecktexas.com
1: some of you guys are really mean really really mean car wreck of the day our mean text. joe cue the music Cue the mean text music. Few people texting in, trying to join in on the, uh, the party, because you guys are miserable human beings that like to be mean to us. Uh, Spud, many people poke fun at Joe, but he provides comic relief to the show. That's good, because you two guys just aren't funny. Huh. I agree with half of that. Yeah, you, yeah you're half. No, I don't think I'm, I have zero personality. I have no personality at all. Not funny at all. Never say anything that warrants even a smile. I'd agree with that. (laughs) 7701, my mean text. Let's end who said it. I love the show so much, but I don't like who said it.
2: Okay. I think Double Rods either sent that or Double Rods on Twitch is going (laughs)
1: to agree with that. He hates it, too. Joe, I just can't get in the spirit of mean text with this non-mean music. Yeah, well, yeah, what happened? I need to feel depressed and say, there we go. Now I can really dive into some mean text. But is it Emo or Emo? I never know how to say it. Emo? Emo, yeah. I've got to feel a little Emo at 5.50 every Friday. What did you think it was? Emo. <laughs> or? Emo. It's like it's like the anime Rockets head anime. coach's first name, I guess. Eme. All right.
2: Ime, Eme.
1: Oh, it's somebody a- nominated me yesterday for saying anime. Apparently it's anime. Was it Julie? Chewy? No, Chewie hadn't talked to us since yet. I think We ticked him off. We, not we watch didn't drill anime. him. Up. We should have gotten all. He <laughs> left without saying goodbye. You know what? I'm just going to call it anime forever. Uh, Joe earlier this week said I had no talent. That's how we're leading off of Mean Texts today. He said I didn't have any talent. He at said all. you didn't have any talent. Zero talent. Joe, really? This? Uh, we were talking about residencies oh, in Vegas, and Joe awesome. says you have no talent. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate <laughs> I did, that. I did say that. Good. No, I know. I know. You know. I know what we do with guys like you. Stay tuned. Uh, why has Joe been acting like he's part of the show the past couple of days? Put him back in his cage where he belongs. <laughs> that wasn't even me. Wow. That was Honey Glaze Branham. Maybe we're relatives. We didn't even know it. Yeah. I, I still am going back to the last one. You
2: put What's Jeremy going? in a category with Paris Hilton and the Kardashians? Yeah. You call me a dead fish? I'm just saying he doesn't have no a t- he doesn't have talent to have a Vegas residency to do
0: this. Yeah. To he's have done a residency in-, in Vegas? Joe,
1: I've done a show in Vegas. Have you? Yes. I was with you. Are you on the air? Were you on-air talent show in Vegas? No. There we go. I have. Which one of us has the talent, bro?
2: I never <laughs> said I had talent.
1: Yeah, that's true. Good point. Touché. Uh Jay Bone is a t- teenage girl. That was from King of Twitch. I can't remember why he said I was a teenage girl. He said I was a teenage girl. It's rude. Was it the love of Taylor Swift? Uh, maybe. I can't remember. No, I think I was. I think I think had a... I think I was be- he-, he thought I was being emotional. I think it was about Mahomes. I said, Mah- oh, you know what it was? It was Mahomes versus Montana. Mm. He's old, so he's a Montana guy and can't believe that anybody else would say that somebody has more talent than Joe Montana. So because I said Mahomes had more talent than Joe Montana, he called me an irrational, hasty teenage girl. Hmm. Uh, great. Uh, Granato said that I looked like John Hinckley Jr. a couple of weeks ago.
2: Yep, I remember that one.
1: Which is mean. He said I didn't have success getting the job done. You weren't done. the
2: only one. He was, they were trying to find a, a serial killer for all of us.
1: You know, if it's coming from Granato, though, he probably has my best interest in mind. He's probably trying to motivate me. He's probably trying to make me better by saying that. So I heed John Granato's advice, and I'll make myself better. is telling you that he's got a message whenever he says stuff like that. Uh, time to change the channel to avoid hearing one of the worst segments in radio. I don't remember what segment we were doing, but it was definitely while we were on the air. What would that be if it was this week? Maybe it was the same guy who didn't like who said it. Yeah, maybe <laughs> it could have been that same guy. But we didn't have who said it this week. I don't know. Uh, Blankers kind of looks like Bill O'Brien a bit.
2: Gee, thanks. I don't have a butt chin.
1: No. Do you think that you look like O'Brien a little bit?
2: Yeah, I've been I've been told.
1: I can. I've see heard it. that before. I would say a better-looking O'Brien, though. Thank I think you're you. a little bit more handsome. Like, O'Brien's probably a three. You're at least a four.
2: Oh, gee, thanks. <laughs> Thank God you have a horrible rating system.
1: <laughs> you're you're at least one spot higher. Gee,
2: that's encouraging.
1: I mean, hey, look. See, you're being glass half empty. I said you're better-looking than Bill O'Brien. Take the compliment.
2: Yeah. So is the garbage can.
1: Take, I mean, he's a three.
2: The garbage can or Bill? Or both? Cause, geez. No,
1: you're better-looking than O'Brien. Okay. Um, this was, I think, this was about. This was definitely about the Altuve, Bagwell, biggio conversation we were having. This was two weeks ago. Uh, why would you not put them in the same tier? All three spent their entire illustrious careers in Houston, which is a rare feat in sports. If you feel the need to rate them in order of importance based on statistics, that's a different conversation. Way to be a bad word, cool guy.
2: Hmm. Isn't not it nice? Not nice at all, and. In- I think that anybody that saw the playoffs over the years of all their careers, it's pretty clear cut.
1: I love it when people are—they uh, get so heated about not liking your take. It's like, oh. hey, I think this team is better. You're a bad word, bad word, bad word, cool guy. <laughs> like, yeah, I, okay. <laughs> that is our reality baseball.
2: on a daily basis. Like, If you don't agree with someone's take, they'll, they'll attack your family, your
1: spouse, you, everything. Fifty ten, yeah, it's hilarious. It's like, okay, man, you like the other team, cool. Uh, Fifty ten, yeah, I'm gonna say that your show's talent level is half is half glass empty. That's not very nice. Hmm. Uh, One two nine zero blankers is a little husky, like Billy O. Would you call yourself husky?
2: Uh, sure.
1: I don't think that you're husky. I appreciate that. Maybe just stout. Okay. Uh, Six eight three seven. I remember I called. Joe Bill O'Brien with the usual suspects and Nick called him that on air and he got mad. I don't Do you recall, remember that. Joe, I don't recall you ever no, think, getting mad. No, I think he said I remember. I, I think he, he meant to say you. Joel. He said I remember oh. I called Joel Bill O'Brien with the usual suspects and then Nick called you that on air and you got mad.
2: I think it's probably with people that know me well enough to have listened lo- that long to know that I have a sensitivity uh, issue that it's possible I got mad.
1: Yes. <laughs> Look, it's I'm getting better. Plausible. Yeah. I think this helps you. I think this is kind of like. You can uh, shut your mouth and go to hell because it doesn't help me. I, I hate think, this thing. I think it conditions you to be a little bit tougher and mm. thick skinned. I hate it. It's like therapy, I think, in a way. No, it's it makes more. You, it makes you stronger. More like a butt pimple. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, think J Bone reminds me of a dumber John Madden. <laughs> I don't know why I like that one. Do I do like booms and like right there through the hole? Do I need a telestrator?
2: I think Mac sounds a lot like John Madden.
1: Um, yeah, I can hear. I can see that. Yeah, maybe we can have him do John Madden's on a mobile, which yeah. I thought of a pretty good idea today. Uh-oh. Whenever we feel the need to have John McClain on the radio, which is only like during Hall of Fame inductions and maybe like old school Euler history, we should have a John McClain on the mobile calls. No, yeah, we can do that. Yeah. I think that needs to happen. Uh, is Blankers going to cry? Give him some crawfish. What's that for? I think you said something the other day where you didn't like crawfish. Oh, I don't. No, I, I broke out in hives when but I, I had crawfish. Know, I don't know the cry reason. Yeah.
2: yeah don't you know don't know need that. to know it because it's it's just
1: it's an everyday occurrence. Someone's going to take shots. Uh, for some reason, I thought Branham was going to be off today. Guess I'll ride home in silence. <laughs> Oh man <laughs> Silence is good though. You can think about your thoughts. A lot of times I like to meditate. That way I can get uh, that's what I do before the show. Usually the, the fifteen minutes I disappear right before the show. Oh, I bet you I'm do we, okay, you get people to believe that one. That's what I'm doing. I'm meditating mm-hmm. for three hours with black. Amongst other things. Right before the show, fifteen hey, minutes. And don't sell me as the only one. I'm Joe's meditating. here too. I'm meditating. All right, that does it for us. Great shows all week. Thanks to everybody for the high for participating, especially in the Mean Text. Joe, great job behind the glass. Didn't like that last insult. Might have to do something about that. He's blank on Brandon. We'll talk to you on Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody.